Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello cockers and welcome to Batflips and Nerds. It's John here. How are we all? Very lovely to be back. This is the second podcast in a week. Can you believe it? After weeks of holding the fort on my own, talking to all and sundry, the luminaries of the baseball world, everybody's back and everybody wants to have a podcast go themselves. And the good news is uh, we've got two of the better ones tonight. Um, Making his second appearance of the week after the impromptu and brilliant, I might add, stats-heavy podcast with Russell this Monday, which you should check out before this one if you haven't already, is Mr. Darius Austin. How the hell? How the devil are you? I'm doing all right. Yeah, I felt like I've been a bit out of the loop, and what better way to get back into it than by overloading with podcasts? You know, make me catch up on all the news, learn all the stats. So yeah, good to be here again for the second time in a week. Excellent. We're going to do something a bit different to what you did on Monday. We're going to be a bit more newsy, talk about the fun stuff that's happened over the course of the last two or three weeks, none of which we've washed up really because we've been uh, just doing interview podcasts and and happily also returning from a very lovely exile, I have to say, in in New York and uh, and in St. Pete is uh, Mr. Fun himself, Mr. Rob Navarro. How are you, mate? Not bad. Fun, fun should only be um, completed at appropriate times, but um, but yes, fun, fun is is my thing. Yes, fun. Excellent. You look like you're having a, a hearty and healthy drink there. It's uh, it's either apple juice or it's uh, oh, what is if it? I, okay, here, so, so here's a here's a confession about the entire time I podcast. Um, I the only way I can I can get myself up to podcast like I enjoy doing it but there's like a like a thing inside me that needs to like kind of just just get together and go I slam Red Bull through every single podcast um, <laughs> yes. we've ever recorded be it first how, thing in the morning or in the evening notice this before <laughs> I'm trying yes, to hide I'm a little bit embarrassed <laughs> is that is that apple juice the other thing I was going to say because it's a sort of an affair it looks like a sort of Sunday hangover piss to be honest Rob uh, I'm rather happier it's Red Bull than that uh, <laughs> Yeah. Goodness, yeah, so I need, need the juice to get going on the podcast. I'm I'm staggered. I, I mean, I feel like I want to go on a 20 minute diversion down that path. <laughs> Is that what you think of us? That you need to mainline Red Bull in order to spend time in our <laughs> in our company. Uh, valid. 
Mm. It's, it's the half hour I spend in the toilet afterwards that's less fun. <laughs> Goodness me. So five minutes into this podcast, we've got two, two, re- two references into toiletry behaviour. So <laughs> let's save it and talk about some some baseball conversation. So, you know, we are going to talk about a lot of fun stuff and there has been some incredibly fun storylines in baseball world in the last couple of weeks. But before we get onto those, the... There's some proper newsy and serious baseball topics that we'd be remiss to avoid. So let's start with those. And first amongst those are the managerial changes at two of the crisis clubs, let's say, in Major League Baseball, the Philadelphia Phillies and the LA Angels. So Joe Girardi had his marching orders over the weekend in Philadelphia, followed very swiftly and rather, in my opinion, more surprisingly, yesterday by the news that Joe Martin is no longer the manager of the Los Angeles Angels. Now, I'm obviously going to do my bit about Joe Martin being <laughs> wacky. I don't know if you've read that interview that he did with Sam Blum, which is incredibly cringeworthy, asking, uh, asking, repeatedly asking Sam to answer a question he was trying to get him to answer. But yeah, I was very surprised by that, Darius. Were, were you? I mean, yeah, this is a team that that had at the time gone eleven and nothing, and uh, zero and eleven in the last eleven games. But they also had been one of the best teams in baseball for the first, you know, two and a half months of the season. Yeah, we don't see this very much at all anymore. Um, it, I feel like it's been a while since we, we saw a manager fired this early. And obviously, Madden wasn't even the first because mm. Girardi's gone. We'll talk about him in a bit, I'm sure. But yeah, I was I was shocked. Girardi didn't surprise me so much because, you know, the Phillies had kind of sucked it up as usual and he'd had a couple of years and it hadn't really worked out. But this, this was a big surprise to me. And I felt like, you know, the players kind of like him there. Seemed like he had a good vibe in the clubhouse. And uh, at first, I just thought this was Artie Moreno being Artie Moreno. If I was making a list of meddling GMs, he would probably be towards the top. But it sounds like this was Perry Manassian's decision. Um, and I don't know what behind the scenes Madden made some comments about analytics and they've they've gone too far. And I don't know if he was getting, you know, if this is like a bit of a Billy Bean moneyball <laughs> situation. <laughs> and uh, poor Joe Madden is art how and he's having this stuff crammed down his throat and he doesn't want it. But I, I kind of got that that sort of vibe and whether that went too far I don't know um, but yeah it seemed very knee-jerk and and I was shocked when uh, when it came out. I mean there was a rather uh, unsavoury disagreement like let's say uh, or maybe not even disagreement but uh, exchange of views with Mike Trout in the dugout which was a bad look right uh, but there's nothing to suggest that that was anything other than you know a heat of the moment exchange of, hey, we suck, and it's kind of boiling up slightly publicly, uh, Rob. Was there? And look, you're a guy who, uh, as a Rice fan, knows an awful lot about the vagaries of, of Joe Madden. The rough comes with the smooth with that man, doesn't it? And um, did this surprise you? It feels like this is the first competing team that he's been able to put on the field. Um, so mm. ditching ditching him at the first, at first blip felt premature, no? Possibly. However, I, I'd have to say um, that the, the team has performed really well up to this point before this, this ludicrous blip. Um, so, so we've finally proven that this Angels team is, is competitive. It has what it needs to actually get the wins in there. Um, the team hasn't changed. 
so the only thing you can really point at is it's either the opposition, and if you look at the teams they lost to on the on the you know they're a mix of good and bad teams. You've got the Red Sox, Phillies, Yankees, Blue Jays, and Rangers in there, so a bit of both. Um, so the only thing you really point to is is that something has changed in in attitudes, or you know it, it's it's in that that X factor that you can't put your finger on. So. Um, what we know of what a manager does these days, maybe he does a lineup, probably not. That probably comes from the front office. So really the only sort of thing that the manager is left to do now is to make sure that the guys going on the field are in the right place to be doing the right things. And the right things have stopped happening for whatever reason. All that was going well was suddenly going horrible. And, you know, six games down, okay, have a word with Joe. Joe, you need to do something to sort this out. 10 games down, this is going really bad, Joe. You need to sort it. Where does it stop, you know? And it's still going, still going. So something is absolutely rotten in the team right now. Um, uh, and 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 seemingly Joe was unable to do a Joe Madden and sort of do something loopy and crazy and, and pull them out of it, you know? Throwing a bunch of penguins in the clubhouse has not worked this time. So <laughs> maybe it is time for somebody else. And, and that's what they've decided. So I'm not that I'm not that surprised that this is the decision on what to do with the team that, that was doing well and has suddenly flipped on that. That said, though, in mitigation, they've lost six one-run games in the eleven. It's now 13 and they've lost the, the subsequent two games. So they haven't even had that um, change bounce with Phil Nevin. Uh, another one of which, by the way, they lost by, well, both of which they lost by a run. Um, so it's now eight one run games in the last 13 and they've lost six where they uh, went into the seventh inning ahead, including that outrageous game in Philadelphia where Bryce Harper hit the Grand Slam in the eighth inning, only for them to cough up the lead in the ninth, and then Bryson start hit a walk-off. So it's literally one of those everything that can go wrong will go wrong runs, and they happen. You know, say this as a Red Sox fan, the team that started 10 and 19 and is now 29 and 27. Baseball's a weird sport. Feels like you're not wrong, Rob, but he's also a victim mm. of circumstance. It's interesting what you said, Barris, that it may well be that there is a, a clash of personalities. I guess we'll know more on that when we see which way they go, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's sort of, it's funny that he was complaining about analytics because it seems very like anti-sabermetrics. Like you, normally the saber guys, the guys saying, you know what, this kind of thing happens in baseball, you know, mm. streaks and one run games. And, you know, I, I don't think anybody with a sabermetric bent would be like, oh, this is a reason to fire a manager. So, yeah, whether Phil Nevin has got a much better relationship with Manassian than, than Madden did, I, I don't know. Um, or, or maybe he is, again, just going to be a placeholder until they find somebody that fits their the mindset better. It's difficult, but I feel like, you know, Madden very much gave the impression that there was more to be said about this. And I, I expect he probably will say it at some point, knowing Madden. <laughs> Yeah, and the Angels very much uh, taking on their roles as the the new Mets in this era of Mets competence. Uh, ironically, uh, spearheaded by Billy Epler. Um, but uh, there we are. Um, Joe Girardi, different story entirely. That just felt like a, a relationship and a place that had gone to. It felt like a very odd appointment uh, in the first instance for, for me. It, it felt like a sort of a, reg- a retrograde step. I know that a lot of Phillies fans were calling for it, but it was something that as a general observer of the sport, I always thought was 
pretty odd. Uh, I never really had a great deal of faith in him as the Yankees manager, particularly not in the sort of fag end of his tenure there. He always seemed like he he, he wasn't in in lockstep with his clubhouse and he never seemed to be here with the Phillies. And, you know, they have a number of shortcomings as a club and we've talked about them ad nauseum, but he seemed to compound them, particularly in his bullpen usage, which is as far as I could tell was uh, lamentable. Wasn't it Darius? Yeah. I mean, this is nothing new to the Phillies, I suppose. And we shouldn't forget that similar accusations were, leveled at Gabe Kapler before he was fired. And um, to be fair to Kapler, I think he made a lot of mistakes when he's with the Phillies and he has become a better manager because of it with the Giants. Um, God knows managing the Giants is probably about as difficult a job as you can get in terms of the moves you need to make. Uh, but but yeah, it, it just, it never really seemed like he had a, a good handle on this team. Um, they obviously never looked like they were going to make the playoffs in his tenure. Uh I don't know that it makes an awful lot of difference because we talked in the preseason about how weirdly constructed this roster was. And now that Bryce Harper is permanent DH, it's just even worse. So um, it's nice that they've gone a little winning run, but uh, still, I think most of the Phillies fans I know and all the uh, commentators are, are basically saying, you know, this is a bit of a mirage. The problems are still there. And uh, just because they've sort of coincidentally had a winning streak, I don't think many people are convinced that, that any of that has gone away. It's, it's just a, an organization completely lacking an identity, Rob, isn't it? Right. If you look at for an, they've gone from Matt Klentak and Gabe Kapler to Dave Dombrowski and Joe Girardi. And now Joe Girardi's gone. The, the, the roster construction is, is, is a disaster zone. Like, you kind of like what, 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 what next other than contracting the franchise, which obviously would be the right thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> the, Phillies, the Phillies come with so much history they come with so much history they come with a huge fan base yeah, masses enormous, of cash enormous. absolutely enormous uh, and, and the, the fan base is being is being right royally um, uh, abused by, by, by these awful decisions um, uh, and, and it's, 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 it's looking at the Orioles and what they've done over the last few years but throwing a bunch of cash into the hole you know like it's clueless and but but they've been able to, to fire a load of cash at a couple of players here and there. But the roster's construction is a joke. And playing devil's advocate a little bit for Girardi, he was given an impossible situation. Say, go on, go and win. And then he said, I can't win with this lot. And then he couldn't win with that lot. And then they fired him. So, you know, was he was he really ever set up for success this season? Now, OK, there's a body of work. But this season, was he really set up for success? I don't, I don't think so. Um you know, perhaps there's a landing spot for Madden there. Maybe they'll swap jobs. I don't know. Um, you know, the, the bad decisions may continue, but but you know, the, the Phillies deserve better. They're, they are a huge, huge, huge franchise, and um, it, it feels like there, there needs to uh, needs to be a reset. And I don't want to see more teams tanking. I don't want to see more teams losing a hundred games. But if there was a team, I think they need to say, right, let's just stop, start it over. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Wipe the deck. 
and ha- let's change change the way we do all this. I think it's the Phillies, you know, that, that team should be doing so much better. I think it'd be a good start to not build a roster that's got five DHs in it. <laughs> and arguably, Didi Gregorius is a DH these days as well. They're the short stuff that he plays. Oh, goodness me. Um, okay, so uh, there's no easy way to, to do this transition, so I'm just going to go uh, straight into it. We We cannot let the week pass without talking about in my opinion, one of the most wretchedly handled situations in modern baseball history, which is the Tampa Bay Rays approach to marking this June as Pride Month. Um, So for those of you who have missed this, um, the Rays held a Pride Night um, over the, uh, the weekend that's just gone, and they seemingly did not take all the necessary steps to engage with their clubhouse and talk to them about the importance of this. You know, you would think in a place uh, in uh, North Florida like that, uh, given what's happened with that community over the course of the last 10 years or so, this would be particularly sensitive. Um, Rather than take the necessary steps and and talk about this uh, in an open and clear way, they allowed the players to decide whether or not they wanted to participate in this pride night event, um, which in, essentially uh, asked them to wear a patch on their Jersey, which was rainbow colored and a, a rainbow colored raised logo on their hat. And um, a number of them, like a, a significant number of the roster, I'd say probably pushing on for a quarter, if not a third of the raised roster uh, chose to opt out of that. Um, and, you know, Quite, quite understandably and quite rightly, that's caused uh, opprobrium in the uh, LGBTQ community uh, who have felt like they've been let down by the handling from the race franchise and uh, the race players. Um, the explanations that the race players who uh, chose to um, take this forward have given have not come up to scratch, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to say. Uh, so Jason Adam, who's the initial spokesman, but probably more uh, blindingly, Nick Anderson, who's currently uh, on the injured list, but has uh, chosen to speak up on behalf of his uh, uh, colleagues and friends uh, via Twitter and Instagram, have, you know, just not got the tone right. Um, I don't really, I, I don't know whether you guys want to speak to this, but I think it's, you know, I've said this on our on our Twitter platform. You can't on one hand uh, claim that you love LGBTQ fans uh, whilst um, outright showing them bigotry and fe- making them feel uncomfortable in your ballpark. Um, the two are, are completely at odds with one another. Um, I found this absolutely enraging. Um, and uh, it's something that I feel clubs really need to get a, a stronger handle on. The other thing to say, I'm a person who grew up in a religious household. Um, this does not accord with my understanding uh, of Christian teaching, uh, which is a, a religion of tolerance. It's a religion of good Samaritans. Um, I believe it goes out of its way to embrace people who view life differently. I found particularly the repeated use of the word lifestyle incredibly, incredibly lacking in tact. These people, gay people, trans people, queer people, bisexual and lesbians do not choose that way to live. This is how they are. This is how they were born. These are people who are just different from you in the way that you have blue eyes and I have brown eyes. 
I found it incredibly upsetting and incredibly tactless. It's been an absolute disaster for the Tampa Bay Rays from start to finish. By proxy, it's been a disaster for the sport of baseball, which, to its credit, has taken significant strides in this area of human rights and inclusivity over the course of the next last five to ten years. Uh, yeah, I just found it really awful. I personally feel like I want to leave it there. I don't know if, Rob, you want to say something as a, as a Rays fan. This must have been uh, pretty disappointing for you. Uh not so much as a Rays fan, just 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 as a human being, and and I, I've been I've been to a Pride Night at the Trop, and I went right after the uh, it was right after the um, the nightclub uh, attack. Um, That's why I was referring to there, yeah, in Orlando, yeah, yeah, and I, I was there as in 2016. I was there right afterwards, and that local crowd packed the trop- Tropicana Field. That doesn't happen. They they had the the tarps off the upper decks and it was it was it was a night where all the money from the tickets um went to victims it went to um uh, the lgbtq community and they absolutely filled that from bottom to top um uh, and for these players who largely are guests in that area to to come to an area where, where there are so many people and there is such love for that community um i, I just can't help but thinking about you know the, the the boy who sat in the stands who is is wondering if he if he should come out or the woman who has been living a life uh, of lies for for 50 years because she 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 knows that she's not a, she's not a in a loveless marriage whatever you know th- there are so many of these stories out there and 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 it, on the surface to to a bunch of cisgendered white guys like we are sat here yeah, it's something we can we can we can bang our fists about. And say this is out of order. This is wrong. But but to actually stop and think about about the hurt of of young people who who think of these guys as absolute heroes. Um, what what does this say to you? It says you you shouldn't exist because the people you look up to don't think the way you live your life is, is right. It, it's it's just absurd that we are still saying, having phrases and the phrase constantly used, differing beliefs. It's not a belief. It's not a belief to be born a certain way in the same way that it's not a belief that I'm a white person, that I am 37 years old. I don't believe those things. That is a fact. And it is a fact that these people are gay people and they just want to live their lives. And then they have got somebody having the affront to come and stand in front of them and say that, that they don't believe the beliefs are different that is not a justification is hiding behind a religion that preaches nothing but inclusivity and loving the people around you and it, slamming people isn't the answer it isn't it, we, we've got to engage and and some to some defense of nick anderson he has clearly thought about this and and the conclusions he's come to are 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 not pleasant conclusions um but he is having a conversation he is he is thinking his thoughts through and and we need to engage with people like nick anderson who is clearly he's not just come out and just 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 here's a slur that's it i'm done he's thought about it bad 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 stuff but he is having a thought so 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 we need to engage with these people we need to his comments were not unintelligent they were just wrong absolutely Absolutely, absolutely, and, and and that's why why we 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 need to to be careful not to to just he's a homophobe, write him off, get him out of here, don't want to talk to him. No, we we need to engage, and 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 that's that's the way we get rid of this sort of discrimination. So it's tough, it's tough, but we need to look inwardly, and we we need we need to look at the people around us, and we need to say there's a conversation to be had here, not just shouting into into echo chambers. So 
that's my piece on that and that's a little bit too too heavy i think well you, you yeah you you and me both i mean i mean there's been some commentary this week around whether or not these events are, are tokenistic and I, and i think that uh the conversation prompted by um this outcome in tampa says why they aren't right they're, they're really important to fostering and uh, and engendering inclusivity i i too have been to a pride night i went to pride night at uh, fenway park uh it was quite honestly uh you know and i would probably go so far as to include watching baseball in london uh, one of the most emotional and beautiful experiences i've had in a ballpark it was incredible uh, the boston gay men's chorus sang the national anthem it was incredible uh they had local members of uh, a gay softball uh league throwing out the first pitch it was amazing they were having the absolute time of their lives and then ironically uh jalen beaks made his uh mlb debut and stank um so he was one of those players this week who uh was um rather coming out in opposition you're right as well rob to say um we are should check our privileges as, as three straight white cisgender men. Um, you're right to say that. Who are we to comment on this? Um, I think allyship is important. Uh, and I think the uh, reaction to our making those comments that we have on our social media, um, that we will not be told to not have a position on this, suggests the same. So I'm being personally very heartened by the commentary from people like Jack Flaherty, people like Adam Jones, unsurprisingly, people like Aaron Dolan and Sean Doolittle, uh, that this does not represent the views of all in the baseball community. And it certainly doesn't represent the views of those in the baseball fan community, as far as we're aware. Mm. Yeah. Um, Phil, like we should talk about some stuff that's a little bit less uh, high key. Yes. Darius, I'm not even going to let you speak on that because... I, th- I think you guys said the things that needed to be said, so we can be daft now, if you like. Yeah, where do we start? I've, I've, got, I've, got, I've got a daft. I've got a daft. Every time um, you guys mentioned Phil Nevin uh, taking over for the Angels, I ke- kept hearing Phil Neville. Um, <laughs> can we, if ever can there we was that? a st- if ever there I'm was a standing useless manager, uh, mm. you know, there's there's some comps there. We need to get Ben to get photoshopping old Phil Phil Nevshenko's massive long face onto a, onto a, onto a picture of Joe Madden. People wouldn't be able to tell whether it was uh, <laughs> Phil Nevin or Tom Pritt at Neville or Tom Pringle, would they? To be honest, <laughs> uh, look that up, people. Uh, it's a very good lookalike. He even admits that one himself. Um, Phil Neville, goodness me, could you imagine? Just, you can't see this. It's an audio medium, but uh, just Phil Neville on the sideline for England women. Just appalling. Um, should we talk about slapping? I think we should. <laughs> yes, agreed. Darius, is, is, is this the funniest news story in baseball history? Is, it, is the answer yes or yes? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think it's quite possible. I mean, I, I think... We didn't believe it first. I think you said something to the effect of like four days. <laughs> we thought we thought this was another Jeff McNeil, Francisco Lindor rat situation, right? Like it was like no, no way, this cannot possibly be the reason. But it genuinely seems to be the reason that Tommy Pham and Jock Peterson got into a bit of a spat because of a long-standing fantasy football dispute. Eighteen-month-old fantasy <laughs> football dispute. Jock Peterson went out of his way. To slap Jock Peterson, <laughs> unprompted. 
Oh my word. I Yeah, just imagining Tommy Pham has just been stewing on this for that <laughs> that long of a period of time. Just like next time I see you, I'm gonna stab you. I don't know what the I really genuinely don't know because I saw the oh my word, there's been a slap on the field, and I'm like <laughs> that in and of itself, just funny, right? <laughs> Why has that happened in batting practice? What possible explanation? If you would like, you know, the old monk, a million monkeys in a million typewriters, one of them will write Shakespeare. None of them would have written that. (laughs) Why did this happen? All the monkeys are just out there. Like no one thought that Jock Peterson was going to say, well, it was about fantasy football. If I'm honest, I struggle to think of Jock Peterson and Tommy Pham having a conversation in the first place. They seem so diametrically opposed in the, in the scale of personalities that are in baseball. That, that in itself is is bizarre. You don't think that uh, Tommy Pham's a red wine guy? <laughs> is that, is that I, think, I think the man who gets stabbed outside strip clubs possibly has a more edgy lifestyle than, uh, than Mr. Giff. Than old Pearls himself. It's, yeah, Pham, from the sounds of things, is either at strip clubs or casinos all of the time yeah. he's not playing baseball. And I'm I don't a little think bit scared he... of Tommy Pham. Yeah. I... I mean, I'm a little bit worried about Tommy Pham as well, to yeah, be honest, because, I mean, he kept banging on about how there was too much money on the line in this league to not take it seriously. But I think they, it was a $10,000 buy-in or something, which is a lot of money for us and not a lot of money for somebody who makes six, seven, eight million dollars a year. <laughs> so not really sure where he's coming from there. But Yeah, and, and in the same conversation was talking about what a Vegas high roller he is. Like, look... <laughs> You seem to me like the guy who would bet £10,000 on the turn of a card. Uh, <laughs> not being able to roll along with some, I thought, genuinely quite funny Padres gifts. <laughs> Doesn't seem to be in keeping um, with with that. I, I mean, I, I genuinely don't know what the best... I, I, I kind of am torn as to what the best bit was, whether it was the slap itself, the explanation... All the public dragging of terrible commissioner Mike Trout. <laughs> Just abs- like if you'd said to me in day three, it's going to be about blackening the name of Michael Nelson Trout, <laughs> the greatest, arguably the greatest player in the history of baseball, but arguably the worst commissioner in the history of fantasy sports. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus no way was i like look and i'm a person whose girlfriend watches a hell of a lot of eastenders so by proxy i've seen a hell of a lot of eastenders and they wouldn't have come up with that it was absolutely extraordinary rob wasn't it i i think my favorite bit is is it's not even what he was saying it was it was jock peterson and his delivery so there's Absolutely dead, <laughs> First of all, there's his outfit, which which I know it's a backpack, but it looks like he's in dungarees with like a sideways hat and and this this shock of bleached hair hanging out. You know, not far from Cletus from The Simpsons. Um, he stood there like that, but then but then the actual tone of it came out as like 
sort of like like a, a man who was apologizing in court for like a manslaughter or something you know it, it was so factual so deadpan um i <laughs> I, I, I just I, I must have watched that four or five times. Um, it, it was certainly on loop when I was in the US. Um, that that is the best bit of it. Uh, I mean, the the situation is crazy, but but Jock himself, what happened? Well, I wonder if he knew that this was so stupid that there was no way we would ever believe him unless he literally showed the reporters the chat, like delivered it <laughs> seriously. Because when we, we wouldn't believe him, would we? I also want to know, all the other Padres players, how did they... Because apparently there were quite a lot of Padres players in this this chat, not just fam. So did they all think, oh, Jock, yeah, that was a good one? Or are they now <laughs> waiting to get their revenge at some point as well? Oh, wouldn't that be wonderful? It's like a... It's like a airplane moment of like them all queuing up to to slap him as the as he gets into the outfield i'm, I'm sure the padres have played the Giants since so i assume they don't care but <laughs> i quite quite like the idea that they're you know best served cold and all that they're just waiting for the opportune moment he is he is a suggestion for for nbc uh bay area just have like jock cam on first base just every time <laughs> he moves a base just follow him and see what the chit chat's like if it's jolly, it's like, yeah, Tommy Pham, my word. It, see if there's like a bit of ice between him and Eric Hosmer at first base. Then you know, you know, it was it it was it was something that was uh, causing disappointment and, and and annoyance across the entire San Diego Padres uh, organization. Strikes me that that probably wasn't the case. To- Tommy Pham is uh, is an intense dude. <laughs> He's an intense guy. This kind of reminds me of like uh, in Out of the Park Baseball, they just have like the really stupid injuries and storylines that they make up and you're like, oh, how daft is this? This wouldn't have happened in real life. I feel like this is the kind of thing that you would make up in Out of the Park. When the, I'm just looking to see, when's the Giants next by the Padres? Uh, July 8th to the uh, well, 7th to the 10th, it looks like. Slapfest. Slapfest, two, 2022. It's coming. in your calendars, folks. Yeah, mark mark the date. We'll 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 come back to that one on July the eighth. Uh, I don't doubt uh, if we don't hold us to it. Right. So from that uh, over to, should we talk about your little trip, Rob? You had a lovely time, didn't you? Oh, I had a, I had a, such a lovely time. I was a little bit sick in the middle, which which did play a part. But um, yeah, no, I had a lovely time. It's very very nice. Yeah, got an aeroplane. You got an no, aeroplane. Got an aeroplane. Yeah. Save us that <laughs> extraneous detail. You didn't Greta Thunberg it and take your own boat. And... <laughs> you didn't do the old James Cracknell and Fogel. <laughs> American listeners, American yeah. listeners can look up Fogel. Have fun. Uh, <laughs> that's Ben Fogel. Just in case you don't know, uh, you'll enjoy yes. that. <laughs> Ben Fogel, uh, he does something with animals. He interferes with animals. Check that out. Um, <laughs> right? No, he, yes. No he, no, he doesn't. Libel laws are very tight in this in this country. <laughs> Rob, carry on. Uh, <laughs> I went to America to watch some baseball because this is a baseball podcast. So I'm going to talk about the baseball I went to see. Um, <laughs> so yes, I went. I went over there. I did. Um, uh, basically, it was sort of two and a half weeks of tourism because I went with my lovely partner Becky who wanted to do tourism uh, and uh, my part in it was to go. I enjoyed the tourism too. Don't get me wrong. There's, there's lots of tourism to talk about, but I'm pretty sure you don't want to hear about, see my holiday snaps, no. especially seeing as this is a, this is an audio medium. Um, so yeah, we went over there and I uh, saw a couple of baseball games um, would have been more, but as I said, I was sick. So 
first thing I did, I went over to um, Yankee Stadium. Uh, new Yankee Stadium, as I should say. Um, what a lovely place that is. Shameful <laughs> full of Yankees. <laughs> Had a lovely time, though. Had a lovely, a lovely time. time, yeah. No, so um, New Yankee Stadium, I, I, I think it was mostly about managing expectations for me. That was the first time I'd been to New Yankee Stadium. I'd been to New York for a stopover once, so I spent like an evening there. That was it. So... So first of all, there was the, the assault on the senses that, that, that New York is. It's, it's an incredible place. Um, thoroughly recommend anybody going there who hasn't been there. Um, don't go for a rest and some relaxation because you won't get that. But it is an incredible place. Um, uh, I went with the preconception. I thought I, I lived in London for nine years and thought, OK, I'm going to get New York because I was a Londoner wrong you know new york is its own vibe new york is 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 eat you up big it's uh takes a couple of days to acclimatize to it but but hey once you get there and once you get into it it's it's one hell of a place so uh new yankee stadium i um my first impression actually was it was a hell of a lot of concrete um Having having been to to the trop which is um mostly sort of you know painted and you know it's all color the, the entrance into Yankee Stadium, I was expecting a bit more grand, grandeur. It was just concrete arches and you're in and it's concrete, concrete, concrete. It's, it's a lot more like uh, a, a big British football stadium than I come to expect for, for baseball stadiums. However, once you are in that bowl uh, and the crowd is in there as well, it really, really does make a difference. That is one hell of a place to watch a game of baseball. Um, Really, really loved the uh, the subway going through right field. Um, my only criticism was I think that bit should be bigger. That 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 it doesn't show up much on TV. You maybe catch it in the corner of your eye every now and again. But I was sat sort of straight opposite in uh, in left in left, and it was yeah that, that that is a lovely lovely touch. So the game was good. Um, it was Tyon versus um, Barrios, and um, a good game five three in the end. Uh, saw a Torres home run. Um, Kirk, Kirk for the uh, for the Blue Jays. What a funny Ram, little man he is. Ram man. <laughs> he's he's about three foot tall and about two and a half foot wide, and he kind of waddles. And yeah, he got on base three times. So like, I mean, he you, you, again, you don't see it on telly. And I think it's something Russell said on the podcast you guys did uh, uh, a couple of days ago is that you see things when you're sat in the stadium that you you don't see on the television and. Alejandro Kirk sort of waddling between his bases and he had a couple of slides, a couple of close plays as well. What what a what a joyful little hobbit he is. I think we need to see more Alejandro like Kirk. Alejandro Kirk is like who Billy Bean wanted Jeremy Brown to be, right? Like this just <laughs> catcher who looks like he shouldn't be a baseball player, but is actually this incredible on base machine. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he does. I mean, and we we've had a few players who don't look like they should be baseball players, most of them catchers. I mean, but but I, he's so wee. He's so tiny. Maybe it's just because he stood next to all those Yankees, but he's so tiny. And, and was he stood next to Aaron Judge at any point? Did that? Unfortunately not, because Aaron Judge was a designated hitter, so I did not get to see him stand, stood next to him. Anymore. I suppose he would have done when he was batting, but he was crouched, so, you know. He was yeah, about as no. tall crouched as he is when he stood up. Yeah, um, he is. He is. <laughs> but I, I, I just remember, I mean, it, it's a few weeks ago now, but I, I do remember giggling with delight every time he 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 set off from from home towards first uh, and, and at one point he had a double and he really went for it it was a close play but i've talked far too much about alejandro kirk already but, <laughs> that's but, fine <laughs> what a lovely little man he is lovely little man <laughs> um what's i get to see i got to see i got to see vladdy have his tantrum and snap his bat in half ooh. um ooh. and uh Be- becky's reaction was um 
ooh, look at little Mr. Stroppy Pants, which I thought was completely <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Can we call him that? We're no, we are no longer referring to him ever again as Flat Little Jimmy. Mr. Stroppy no, Pants. Little Mr. Stroppy Pants. <laughs> I was going to call this podcast title Lovely Little Man, but I think it's now called Little Mr. Stroppy Pants. <laughs> <laughs> so forever Christmas at Mr. Stroppy Pants. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, Yankee Stadium. It's it's sort of like a, a a a false representation of an old cathedral of baseball. But um, I I would say I, mean, I I walk I walked in you know sort of a, an AL East fan of another club thinking oh, whatever you know it's fine you know I don't want any of these teams to win. I hope everyone falls down and breaks their legs. But <laughs> I left with a Yankees fan because they put oh. one hell of a shout in show in there. Absolutely brilliant. Um. Did you have ice cream in a did you have ice cream in a helmet? I did have ice cream in a helmet. I've got I've got both ice cream in helmets. Um did you have any comparison of some some products to have 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 at the moment? I didn't have hat shows. I didn't have hat shows because I would have needed another mortgage um, to afford (laughs) the hat shows. Um I've not seen prices like that before. I I I spent eleven dollars on my ice cream. Um uh, and yeah, man. I mean, that, that is that is wrong. Um, Becky had some popcorn, and, which uh, we didn't eat for the three current days. exchange rate is eleven pounds. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that that actually is a little bit of consumer tip here for if you're flying to America. We we have we have all used to that nice exchange rate, whereby electronics in particular are really cheap. Not anymore. Not anymore. The pound has died. Um, but moving back Wonder to why this is not a political <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Brexit. Um, sorry. Carry on. <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, they they put on a show there, and Aroldis Chapman and everything about him aside, um, I got it when he came on. You know, they 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 put the lights on, they they played the music, and, and he came out, and the crowd loved him, and it really was theatre, you know, and, and it's theatre that I, I I don't think you're going to get many places in a baseball stadium. So um, detestable little man, or very big man, um, but. That that was that was an experience. It found that wave. It was that kind of the the, the hairs on the back of your neck moment. So, so yeah, the new Yankee Stadium was was. You, you walk in, they don't give you the the fanfare, but once you get in, then once you're in it, it's it's one hell of a place to be. And then you ha- then you went to a shithole, <laughs> and we're forced to do. We're doing st- so well on the swears. We're forced <laughs> to do stupid tasks by idiots. Well, yes. Yeah, so we'll come to that. So, so f- first thing, I did manage to pick up uh, one of my stupid tasks was picking up a uh, terrible gift for Tom Pringle. I managed to complete that one in in uh, New Yankee Stadium, uh, and I will get that one in the post to him. So um, hopefully, he will be able to open that one live on air at some point. But it is truly useless. Um, so that one ticked off nice and done there. Um, and then, yes, I I flew south. Um, I went from temperate temperatures to uh, constantly 98 degrees and 82% humidity um, in Tampa. Um, and I popped along to Tropicana Field, which I maintain is a very good facility. It's a bit gloomy with, with, with the old dome, but if you take that dome off, if that was an open air stadium, I reckon people would say it was one of the better stadiums. Uh, none of the seats are too far away because it's you know, not too big, because not too many people go. Um, but you know it's it's properly branded. Like you cannot walk in there without seeing like the raised starburst and the the walls are proper color. Like like the the problem with Yankee Stadium is you walk in and it is just concrete. It is like it's it's like the sort of the off ramps out of, of Wembley Stadium, you know. But everything in the Tropicana Field 
is branded, you know, and it's it's I really enjoy it. The, the problem with Tropicana Field is there are not enough people there and it is a bit gloomy underneath that tent. That is the only issue. Take those away and, and you have an absolutely brilliant stadium there. And I, and I honestly think it gets done a major injustice, you know. No queues for any of the concessions. Brilliant, you know. We love that. And uh, and dramatically cheaper than what I was paying for in New York as well. So um, uh, one thing I did compare, I, uh, again, this is an audio medium and I have, I have now lifted up in front of the camera um, the uh, commemorative cups. I purchased an overly priced um, uh, soft beverage in both places. Uh, and uh, uh, to compare the two... Um, oh, my the, God. <laughs> <laughs> the Yankees one is slightly larger. I'll give them that. Um, and it's kind of got a sort of a patchwork uh, white and Yankees uh, finish on it. And the, uh, the raised one is, is a heavier plastic uh, with, a, with a starburst on it. Um, I think if you're looking for, for a souvenir treat to take away, you'd probably take uh, the raised cup, although you do get slightly more beverage in the slightly thinner Yankees cup, which costs you twice as much. So, for the uh, listeners, I will just say that John has his hands on his head in the manner of somebody who's just watched Carlisle United miss yet another sitter from. <laughs> I can't believe what I've just seen. Hey, and it doesn't stop there. <laughs> I did not have the hat shows in um, uh, in Tropicana Field. I instead went for well, Becky went for the uh, the chicken strips, which came in this um, lovely. Plastic half baseball raisin blazoned bowl, um, which I now wow. eat my frosties out of every morning. Oh, um, you absolutely you, you can hear like I'm watching TV. Like um, uh, this <laughs> this bit up TV. <laughs> We've only got three of these left. We're slashing the prices. Um, so, <laughs> so yes, I now have my morning bowl. Rob's definitely and, uh, watched bit up TV. <laughs> You know that moment when you wake up after you've fallen asleep in the sixth inning um, and then uh, for some reason your TV's clicked back over to regular TV? There's bit up TV. There you go. <laughs> so um, <laughs> so I went to, to Tropicana Field and uh, I had some more challenges. Now, unfortunately, um, uh, my I don't particularly deal with the stress of my job. I deal with it very well at the time. However, when I finally relax, everything sort of comes out of me all at once. We're back to the toilet, folks. Um, uh, and as I said, you can't really relax in New York. It's, it's a brilliant experience, but it's certainly not relaxing. So I didn't do my relaxing and I thought I got away with it because this happens to me every time I go on holiday. Maybe I need a new job. Um, but then I got to Tampa a couple of days in and it happened. So um, I was at Tropicana Field not feeling my absolute best and unfortunately missed, uh, missed the second game. So I went to see the Tigers. Um, it was McClanahan against Bo Brisky. No, I haven't heard of him either. Um, Bo Brisky and the Rays 181. I was supposed to be going the next day as well, but unfortunately spent the entire day in bed. So um, that wasn't great. But I did get on my challenges. Um, so um, I failed two. I did not manage to get a selfie with a player. Probably I got for the, probably very, for the very best close. In hindsight. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, Brett Phillips was um, sort of in the window in the netting down by um, first base. I was sat right behind home plate. Um, but sorry was there. So charged over trying not to befound my socks as I went, um, charged over, um, uh, knocked a couple of kids out of the way. Um, <laughs> and this, this horrendous old biddy got in front of me and said that the, uh, the line was cut now cause he had to go and play a game or something. And there was some kid in a wheelchair and he, he went over and he was like talking to that kid instead of me. 
So, um, but I was, I was literally two people in the queue away from, from, from getting Brett Phillips. And I'm pretty sure he would have done it. He, he, he was great. He, he was, he was with all the people there. He was with the, the, the kid in the wheelchair. Um, uh, he even got one. He would have done it with you. <laughs> but he should have done it with me instead. I'm still dying at horrendous old biddy. <laughs> honestly honestly like she she could she could see the way i approach i was i was genuinely like like it was it was it was a queue full of people with their kids and i charged over with with all the glee and determination of you know someone who needed this i and she could she could see and i i caught eyes with her and that was my mistake i caught eyes with her as i approached what i should have just done is slipped in behind her she wasn't fast. I could have got in behind her, but I didn't. I was polite and I sort of tried to pass her by and she stuck her arms out and said, I'm sorry, he's got to go and play a baseball game now. So I missed out by a hair's breadth on getting a selfie and I'm pretty sure some kind of dedication from um, Brett Phillips. So we missed out on that one. Um, I did manage to find DJ Kitty, um, who is like- Yeah, I was wondering who that was. Secondary mascot. <laughs> you, you, you know who it is. You know who it is because you've seen- the um the cat who is a DJ wearing a little raised jersey. I haven't, um, Rob. A, you have. I guarantee you have. If you find it on YouTube, I will send it to you, and we should probably link it. Um, no. There's, there's a cat. <laughs> there is a cat which famously wearing a raised jersey and a hat, and it's dancing to some some music in front of some DJ decks. Someone's always got his hand up his back. That was a, a an internet thing years and years ago, and the Rays decided to turn it. Uh, into a mascot so dj kitty is like the secondary mascot for the race got my picture job done on that one um what else do i have to do yeah stroke, i touched a ray stroked a ray yeah stroke sounds better than touched getting back to ben <laughs> fogel again here um <laughs> i did stroke a ray i stroked many rays um job done nice and easy very good there um any conflict whether or not the rays are fun uh yeah they were fun that night yeah because right. they could it's... put a bloody bat on a ball well i meant like the actual Rays, as opposed oh, the to... rays, though they weren't fun, they were quite serious. <laughs> there you go, that's that's sold that. Yeah, and my final task, um, during was was to, to get a ball, um, by being British, and I achieved that thanks to Mr. Robbie Grossman, who did not look overly pleased at my constant haranguing from outfield. Um, <laughs> I was in for batting practice and I positioned myself, um, uh, right down left field, right right by the foul pole, because everyone was on the other side. I thought, huh, you know, if any balls come this way, I'm getting them. Um, unfortunately, uh, the Detroit Tigers suck. And uh, <laughs> during their 20 minutes of, of batting practice, they managed to put a grand total of two balls in the stands. Um, uh, it was uh, Castellanos, uh, not Castellanos, what am I talking about? It's Candelario and uh, Miggy Guerrero put, put two out there, and that was it. Um, so they all kept falling way short on the on the uh, on the the, the track, and uh, Robbie Grossman was not stood with the rest of the guys who were having a chat. He seemed a bit of a loner. Um, maybe he was just focused. I don't know. Um, but I basically kept screaming at him, "I'm British. Can I have a ball, please? I'm British. Can I have a ball, please?" And he wasn't throwing many balls up. Um, and I was surrounded by Detroit fans who were sort of giving me a bit of a wide berth because <laughs> uh, I mean. Becky was giving me a wide berth because, uh, uh, you know, it was getting a bit embarrassing. But I, I, ju I just kept on enough that, that he sort of, I don't know if it was intentionally to me, but, but Grossman came over, he picked up the ball and he kind of just lobbed it. I don't, I'm not sure if he's trying to hit me with it 
to shut me up or if he wanted me to get it to shut me up whatever it was but it was kind of like a just just go just stop please uh, and it was right at the end of Battenberg so I, I had the ball I have a ball it, it is sat um, opposite me on top of a little shelf um, so yeah I, uh, I I succeeded so I is that five out of seven yeah and we said I'm gonna call that a success. we said we said you wouldn't get over two um so you've done pretty well um, easy I mean your telling of that looked like it it put Darius into uh, like cryogenic freezing, uh, such was his level of engagement with your storytelling. I, I was just debating whether uh, English fan gets knocked out by ball thrown by Robert Grossman is a weirder story than Tommy <laughs> Pham and Jock Peterson's fancy football spat. Hard, hard to decide. It, it isn't. Um... <laughs> by Rob's behaviour, it sounds quite normal actually. So, yeah. Um... I mean, it was me flapping my arms, I think maybe did it more than what I was actually saying. I'm not sure he got what I was saying, but it, it, it wasn't just a, was a, do have a ball, please? I, I thought, you know, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to make myself the biggest thing in the outfield. And I did. <laughs> if only that horrendous old biddy hadn't been there, we'd have, <laughs> we'd have had a full house. Um, notice how we didn't ask Russell to do any of this. Um, and yet <laughs> he still demeaned himself even more than you. <laughs> oh, we did. you. oh, we did. Oh, we did. <laughs> Love you. Hey everyone. Hey everyone. I'm Russell. I'm American. He's not here to defend himself. Isn't he glad that he did that podcast on Monday with Darius? He was not going to bring that up. Anyway, you you guys look like you've had a lovely old time. Um and um yeah, the Coliseum does look like cold it's outside. Russell is not wrong. Um, or Dachau. Um, let's move on. We've not got much left to, to cover. Um, I do want to spend a moment talking about, um, well, this podcast called Bat Flips and Nerds. So we should talk about the best nerds in baseball. It's not, you know, High and Bloom or David Stearns or any of the geeks in front offices. It's not Andrew Friedman. It's not Farhan Zaidi. It's the Baltimore Orioles, Darius, isn't it? They are the best nerds in baseball. Serious nerd fest. So John Means has been spotted playing Settlers of Catan on a train with Spencer <laughs> on a, Watkins. On a train is the best. On part. a train, which is like dedicated. I don't know how long this train journey was. Okay. <laughs> Why are they taking more. a train? They're a baseball. They're a major league baseball team. I, I assume it, they were, had a local game. It was a proper. Speaking. It was a properly like fifties throwback, wasn't it? I loved it. <laughs> And then, and then, Colton Kowser, the Orioles' number one pick last year, I believe, what uh, one up them? Uh, apparently, he's building. I think it's a seven and a half thousand piece Millennium Lego Falcon uh, on his dining table. And his poor roommate, roommate whose name escapes me for a moment, said he's he's not been able to eat there for weeks because <laughs> Colton Kowser is taking up the entire table with his Lego model of the Millennium Falcon. So, the Orioles are nerds. I, I would not be surprised to learn that Michael Elias. And company are in fact just selecting players solely because they are nerds now that's the strategy all makes sense <laughs> yeah absolutely does it all sort of leads you know what what next for the orioles you know if we're going to make any predictions as to what nerdery we anticipate seeing for them next where where, where do we want to go rob what what have you got i've got um ryan mountcastle writes babylon 5 fan fiction <laughs> <laughs> Or um, Austin Hayes competes in uh, national risk competitions. <laughs> uh, 
And I now fail to name any further Orioles. Cedric Mullins quotes Battlestar Galactica in a post-game interview. (laughs) (laughs) Darius, have you got any more? I don't know if I can top those, frankly. Anthony Santander (laughs) plays the uh, security officer in the fan-written Star Trek (laughs) spin-off. DL Hall plays grade 8 cello. <laughs> if you've got any more, you know you know where we're at. Uh, absolutely love this. Uh, so our our great friend Melanie Newman, who of course is uh, one of the play-by-plays for the Orioles, as well as uh, on Apple TV Plus, has been saying to us for quite a number of years that these uh, Orioles guys are, are absolutely great fun. And... Uh, She's not wrong. Let's just let's just put it like that, <laughs> guys. Is there any any anybody else or anything else that you want to talk about? I mean, I feel like we've sort of yeah. I think we've covered covered all the bases, Rob, in a great deal of detail. I'm gonna have to edit that. <laughs> nope, that's that's all staying in. Uh, hideous old biddy. Uh, cup comparison. Cups. Cup comparison and the lot. <laughs> I might even take a photo of the cups and put them online. Oh, please do. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the the joke's going to be on us when next time we put Bargain Hunt on, one of those cups just pops (laughs) up and, you know, Philip Serrell's going, oh, great example of an arts and crafts mug that. (laughs) Rob will be on with his collection of cups from all 30 ballparks. His collection will be valued at thousands. Yeah. <laughs> Tell Becky I'm very sorry. Tra- <laughs> Tra- Trey Mancini's already got him, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that feels like the, the right place to leave it. Rob sounds like he's now dying of consumption. Darius is dying of boredom, and I'm dying of laughter. Um, so that's as good a place as any to leave uh, this podcast. Thank you uh, all for joining us. Thanks to Rob. Thanks to Darius. If you like what you've heard here, please go to the usual places. Do what you're always told to do on podcasts. Leave a bloody five-star review. I think Rob deserves one for, you know, frankly, the longest description of of a two-week trip you've ever heard in your life. (laughs) If nothing else, I'll never forget it. Uh, It had more twists and turns than Tommy Pham versus Jock Peterson. I'm sure you'll all agree. Uh, Thank you for your time. If you liked what you heard, leave us a review. Go on Twitter at Batflips underscore nerds. Go to Instagram at Batflips and nerds. And go to our website where there's loads and loads of content that's far more interesting, engaging and fun than this from people who know what they're talking about, not complete idiots. It's www.batflipsandnerds.com. Thank you very much. And we will see you again in a bit.